1: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to
0: join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder have passed the Christmas benchmark, but do we really know where this team will finish in the standings? What have we learned To this point in the season And why does this team continue to win Whenever Aaron Wiggins is in the starting lineup We'll talk about all that and more Coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast
1: You are Locked on Thunder Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast Part of the Locked on Podcast Network Your team Every day
0: Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. I am your host, meeting member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lo Email the show, LOTHUNERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show brought to you by Prize Picks. Where does OKC stand post-Christmas? And with the weekend ahead, when is judgment day for this Oklahoma city thunder team? Plus what have we learned to this point in the season? And diving into the numbers of why this thunder team wins when Aaron Wiggins plays more. Today's episode is brought to you by prize picks. Prize picks offers first time users and uh, anyone that plays for the first time, a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars with promo code locked on. That's prize promo code locked on. So Christmas time is a very important day on the NBA calendar. It is arguably the most important date on the NBA calendar in their regular season. Not only is it a date in which most casual fans come back to the sport, and most casual fans view it as the season opener for the league, but for individual NBA teams, it is a benchmark test, right? You remember in school, when you had those three benchmark tests leading up to the end of the year, state-issued tests that you had to pass, or you had to, you know, do good on for your school or whatever the case is on the behind-the-scenes stuff, we had those benchmark tests to see your progress and see how you were stacking up leading to the the end-all-be-all all test. Christmas is one of those benchmark tests. It's it's a day in which you walk into class and you got to pull out that that scantron and start filling stuff in. And for the Thunder. They sit here at Christmas. They've had three days off. I've not played since Friday. They're going to play again tonight against uh, the Spurs on Tuesday night. But what do we really know about this Thunder team and which path that they're going to go down? Well, the question is, which Thunder team is the real one? And so the Thunder sit at 14 and 19. They are 4 and 6 in their last 10 games. But this Thunder team has been very streaky. They went 2 and 1 last week. But let's look at the history of this season. So the season starts, three-game losing streak, right out of the shoot. After that three-game losing streak, the Thunder had a four-game winning streak, followed up by a four-game losing streak, which led to a two-game winning streak, which then was the only on-off switch that they've had so far this year, which was a loss and then a win, so no streak. But after that, it was a three-game losing streak, then after that, a win and a two-game losing streak. Then after that, a three-game winning streak. And then now we get to the five-game skid on that long road trip when the 11 days, five games, all playoff teams losing streak. Then you have what we just finished, the three-game winning streak followed up by that loss to the Pelicans and OT on Friday night whenever SGA put up 44 points. So it's been a streaky year. And there were people during that five-game losing streak that said there's no way this seems a playoff team and a play-in team. There are people after that loss to Detroit that said the same thing. There are people after the four-game winning streak, after the three-game losing streak, that thought that this team could be a really, really good team. And so we've, we've rode the wave to this point in the season, and we continue to ride it now. And after that loss to the Pelicans, you look ahead to this week. What can we expect this week? Spurs, Hornets, Sixers. Spurs and 76ers both at home, one game roadie out to Charlotte. The Thunder would be expected to go 2-1 and one at the very least. And depending on who plays with the Sixers and what they kind of look at on New Year's Eve, could be 3-0. Vegas knows all. And again, Vegas, Vegas did predict that the Thunder would be the favorite against the Pelicans and they lost, but in terms of who I think Online will have as the favorite in these games. Spurs, Hornets, Sixers. Thunder, favorite in two. Underdogs in one. Should go two and one. Well, folks, if they go two and one this week, they currently sit a game and a half out of the play-in tournament. And the Warriors are playing without Steph, and Minnesota's been streaky as well. And so, the Thunder who currently sit at 14 and 19, and have Shea playing at this MVP level, are in a good position when you factor in that they're going to get Jeremiah Rametz and Earl back, and that's going to provide a huge boost for them. Whenever that date comes, he's still listed as out against the Spurs, but the week-to-week timeline, we're getting to the week's point to where eventually the return has to happen, and whenever it does, Jerry's a huge boost for OKC. They have Giddy playing well right now. The last 10 games, a 20-point double-double. They have J-Dub playing extraordinary. You know, Lou and Kenny provide what they provide. Poku has been a, a nice rotational piece, and then we're going to talk about Wiggins coming up. Along with how this team has played to this point in the season, and along with how this team has looked with Shea being a superstar, OKC has the sixth easiest schedule the rest of the season, according to Tankathon.com. And... The question becomes, how good is this team? Which streaks do you want to believe in? And simply, are you a glass half full or glass half empty kind of person? Because while they're a game and a half out of the play-in, they're a game and a half out of being the fifth worst team in the NBA record-wise. OKC has the talent for getting the preconceived notions of what this team was supposed to be. They have the talent to be a play-in team. They're playing as a top 10 defense in the NBA without a big man. Like With obvious with obvious deficiencies on their roster, whenever you look at it on paper, they have a top 10 defense. They're missing their second best player in Chet Holmgren for the entire season. And yet they sit a game and a half back in either direction of the play-in, which is the postseason, and of the fifth worst record in, in, in basketball. So when can we judge this team? Because I keep telling you, hold on. Hold on, hold on. And we want to get these takes, right? We want to get and be super reactionary. We want to have an opinion. We want to have a side. We want to be right. We want to cast our our takes off, right? Well, let's look at the schedule. If you take this as a benchmark, so far, we only have a baseline of what this team is capable of in a good way and a bad way. The next benchmark will come January 16th. And I think that that benchmark will give us a pretty good indication of how this student will do on the the end-of-the-year exam, in this case, the Thunder being the student. So from now until January 16th, here's the schedule. Spurs, Hornets, Sixers. Should be a a 2-in-1 week. Then, next week, you go Boston-Orlando in a home road back-to-back. Boston at home in the Paycom Center. Then the next day, you're in Orlando playing at the is it called the Amway Center still? At the Amway Center against the Magic. Magic, of course, playing really well as of late. It's a tough, tough home road back-to-back. Then you play Washington and Dallas, both in the Paycom Center. Could you go 2-2 two and two in that stretch? The week after that is a, is a nice road trip. At Heat, at Sixers, at Bulls, at Nets. Probably a 1-3 stretch, maybe 2-2. Two And so depending on how you you fare in these next games, that leads you up to January 16th. So between now and then, you play Spurs, Hornets, Sixers, Celtics, Magic, Wizards, Mavericks, Heat, Sixers, Bulls, Nets. That's your next six games or whatever it is, seven games, whatever it is. By that time that you get through that stretch of the season while still having, you know, the a, a bottom six strength of schedule the rest of the way. You're going to know where this team's going to finish. And you're going to have a better idea of where this team is at. Now, I want to say, after all this buildup, I still think that this team finishes with the fifth or the sixth or the seventh or eighth worst record in the league. You know, somewhere between five and eighth in the reverse standings. But I'm going to say that... that the idea of this team making the play in tournament can no longer be just flippantly dismissed can no longer be just outright ignored can no longer be casted off as a silly idea because as of today you know as of december 27th it comes down to your notion as a person if you think that the, if you think more in the glass half full capabilities and capacity you're going to say this team is a play-in team. The Warriors lost staff. Minnesota's a streaky, you know, organization, streaky team this year. The, the the Thunder are young. They're playing a lot of close games, a lot of clutch time minutes, and they're able to uh, learn from these experiences and take them with them for the for the sixth easiest schedule the rest of the way. And they have SGA who's playing at MVP level. Like you're, you're going to say that this team can do it. If you want to go glass half empty, you say, well, they're also a game and a half out of the of the. Fifth worst record in basketball, which leads to like a 39% chance at a top four pick, and the Thunder are a piece away, and then they're going to get Chet Holmgren back, and it's just more there's more incentive for the Thunder to get a better draft pick in this loaded 2023 draft. And so it just comes down to personal preference and personal outlook on all of this. So, what I would suggest is. Instead of making an evaluation at at, at Christmas, which a lot of the teams can, but the Thunder are one of the few teams that can't, you treat it the way that the casual fans treat it. This is the start of the season. They've been streaky to this point. Let's see what they do. Here's a big thing. Tonight against the Spurs. Can you stop the streakiness? You lost a tough game against the Pelicans. I get it. It was a tough, hard-fought overtime game. It's disappointing. Shea had 44 and lost. You had three days off, you had the holiday in between, you might come out a little sluggish, but it's at home. The Spurs are on the second night of back to back, and play in teams win this game. Play in teams, win this game. They end a losing streak before it starts. They turn this into a winning streak by by beating the Spurs, having a day off, going to Charlotte, and beating the Hornets, and then you're on a two game, you know, you're on a two game at that point winning streak and you're heading back home to celebrate New Year's at home and to play the Sixers. And I believe that the Sixers, don't quote me on this, but I believe they're going to be on the second leg of a back-to-back on New Year's Eve. So we'll see. These little judgments from now until the 16th of January are going to determine the season, in my opinion. I think that we'll know, January 16th, where this team is headed. And I get that it's difficult to have not known that already, to have not kind of had that in your bag already, but it's coming, and from, from now on, you're, you're going to watch competitive Fun basketball in the Paycom Center, so get out there tonight. Tickets still available uh, for this game against the Spurs. Get out there New Year's Eve and start your your party and celebration a little early at the Paycom Center. This is going to be a fun team to track the rest of the way. Let me know down below in the comment section on YouTube how you think that this season will uh, end up for the Oklahoma City Thunder, where you think they're going to finish in the standings. But also go over to Prize Picks because Prize Picks is incredible. It is so easy to use. And you know, we all can have that love for fantasy sports, but not everyone can invest the, the time it takes to truly beat a pool of players who spend their entire being trying to find the edges and trying to find the numbers that can help them win. Well, at Prize Picks, it's simply just you versus the projected numbers. Therefore, you're not gonna stay up all night studying these things like a, like a, like in this exam. Like you just get to go there to prizepix.com, go on the app Picks. And you pick two to six players. And within those two to six players, you're going to pick the over under on their projections. And after you do that, you can win up to 20, uh, 25 times your money on any entry. It's this simple. So tonight, Spurs, Thunder. Let's say you want to do Shea over on points. Let's say that the line is 25 and a half. You want to take the Shea over on points. He's going to score more than 25. And you're going to throw a little sneaky butt in there. You're going to throw in there, oh, let's do Wiggins over. A half steal. We're going to at least get one steal in this game. You can do those kind of things at prize picks in this app and at this website, prizepicks.com, in the prize pick app. So make sure you go there right now. They don't have NBA only. They have NBA, they have NFL, they have MLB, they have NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Eurobasket, cricket, and more. Selections can be made. An entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and offers fast withdrawals. Go to PricePix Today and start winning at Pricepicks.com and download the app.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, go check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. Both of our podcasts are every single day and available on YouTube uh, and wherever else you should podcast from. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms. So I wanted to dive into the numbers and I wrote an article about this on, I wrote an article about this on thundersintentions.com. I wanted to dive into the numbers of why the Thunder win when they start Aaron Wiggins. So far this season, Aaron Wiggins has six starts and a 6-0 record in those starts. And... The answer is pretty simplistic. When you start, you play more minutes. Of his eight games, the eight games he's played the most minutes in this year, six of them have been starts, obviously. But what does he do with those minutes? Aaron Wiggins is a possession creator and an energy giver. And for his scrappy, undersized teams, he does the things it takes to win. He's drawing charges. He's getting rebounds. He's getting steals. He's tapping out rebounds and deflections to his teammates to help them get the ball and to help them in the possession. He's diving on loose balls. He's defending at a high level in the perimeter. He is switching on defense. He is scoring at all three levels. He is cutting at an 81% clip in the 81st percentile in the NBA as a cutter offensively. He is doing what it takes to win. He is helping you masquerade and manufacture stops manufacture possessions, manufacture rebounds on a team that desperately needs it. He's had three games this year with three steals. When you look at Wiggins, he's a plus 1.7 points per possession. He's a plus 2.2 efficiency differential. He's in the 89th percentile in offensive rebounding percentage. On non-corner threes, he's shooting 39%, which is at the top of the key where you're most likely to see Shea drive in, get trapped, have to to turn and kick out to the top of the key. Who's there? Wiggins knocks it down at a 39% clip. Mentioned before, 81st percentile in the NBA as a cutter offensively. When Wiggins and SGA share the floor together, OKC is up to 116 points per possession with a plus 2.7 differential, and he is just a great option to play alongside Shea. I agree with Mark that the Thunder would not be 82-0 if they start Wiggins every single night. And there's a better chance than not that the next time he starts, the Thunder will lose. Because it's not about the fact that they have won six and they've started him six, but it's about the winning plays he makes to give you the shot to win the games, to give you the chance to win the games. And there's not very many players on this roster who give you a better shot to win than Aaron Wiggins. There's not very many players on this roster who make more winning plays than Aaron Wiggins. There's not more many players on this roster who understand the game at the level he does, who understand how to make those winning plays, how to impact a game, how to stay composed, how to understand their assignment, but also their teammates' assignment to understand if, they're, if their teammate is messing up, okay, I'm going to go fill in for them. They're going to slide over, get them in the right spot on, on the floor, both offensively and defensively. Like, Wiggins just does everything, and he's able to do everything. He's not a superstar. He's not an all-star caliber player. But he is somebody who can win you basketball games, who can win you playoff series eventually, who can make the difference and turn the tide and tie your group together. We, you know, every team needs superstars. Every team needs guys like Shea. Those guys run the league. Those guys run your organizations. Those guys turn the tide. Basketball is a star-driven league more so than any other sport. Baseball, you can have Mike Trout, who many consider the best player ever, You can have Mike Trout. He can't get the Angels to the playoffs at one time. The Angels in his career have been to the playoffs once, and they got swept by a mediocre Rose team on paper that got hot at the right time and won a World Series. Went to the World Series in that year, won it the next year. You you can have the best player in baseball, and it amounts to nothing. Football, you can have guys like Rodgers. You can have guys that are just the best quarterback in the league. You can have guys that are the best receiver in the league. They need their teammates to help them. They need help. You can have Mahomes and D4 jumps offside. In basketball, your stars drive everything, but even they can't do it alone. You need complementary pieces. You need guys to pass the baton to, and Wiggins is somebody you can pass the baton to. He'll pick up right where they left off, and he'll get you to the other side. Either helping Shea on the the space out and and the spray outs that Shea has to create from his driving gravity, or helping the Thunder stay as a cohesive unit on both ends of the floor, when Shea's off the floor to get Shea back in the game to a uh, either lead or a more um, manageable margin. Wiggins makes winning plays. That's why they're 6-0 when he starts. It's not to say he's going to go 7-0 on his seventh start this year, but it is to say that it's not just a throwaway stat. The stat just might not be what you think it is. The stat is more so pointing out and giving you the flashing lights. Hey, look at me over here. And leading you to the, the solution or the problem, have you want to look at it? It's like if your check engine light comes on. You know, I don't just get in my car one day and know my engine's messed up. But if I turn my car on and that check engine light comes on, I'll say, hey, I better go look at that. Take it to AutoZone, wherever. And they tell me, yeah, you need this or that or the third. And they fix it. With Wiggins, the 6-0 thing, it's just leading you to go dive deeper. And whenever you dive deeper, you find out why they're 6-0. And it's because of his winning impact. Not to sell you on Wiggins as if he's some superstar, some guy that you have to have to have to have, but he's a really, really good rotational piece. And it's really, really hard to find players like Wiggins who can make such a positive impact while bouncing around. Not only rotationally, not only starter to bench, but starter, bench, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 15 minutes, no minutes in any given night. And to steal with those fluctuations in minutes, with those fluctuations in touches, with those fluctuations in lineups and who he's playing with, steal, stay steady, steal, give you that same production, and still give you that winning impact. So I think that that's why you see Wiggins play at a high level, and an impact winning, and is 6-0 as a starter this year. Hopefully, he continues to play minutes. He's at 18 minutes per game right now. Hopefully, he continues to play into that 20, 22, 25 minutes per game, even uh, down the stretch of this season. Because I think that the Thunder will be better for it. That's just what I think about Wiggins and about the rotations. And it's a hard balancing act, and it's a job that I do not envy. Having to balance development, having to balance all these young players on this roster, and also having to balance getting guys like Wiggins minutes. But it's something that comes along with the territory. Coming up, let's talk about what we have learned so far this season. But I do want to tell you right now about our good friends over at BetOnline. Folks, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting news, info, stats, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends on every professional and amateur league out there. From pro and college football, Bowl season to basketball, the World Cup, World Baseball Classic, everything coming up, they've got you covered over there at betonline.net. It's this easy. Type in betonline.net, go to their sports book, and boom, you can bet on football, basketball, everything else that you want to bet on. I click on basketball, and what do you know, folks? Spurs, Thunder. Spurs are six-and-a-half-point underdogs in the Paycom Center Tuesday night, second night of back-to-back for the Spurs. That means that the Thunder are favored to win and should get back on track against the Spurs. You can go place a bet on that at betonline.net, betonline, where the game starts.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Thunderpod Email the show, loThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, let's dive into what we have learned so far this season for the Oklahoma City Thunder. First and foremost, we have learned that SGA is a legitimate star, that SGA is a legitimate number one option. And this was a question mark from the time of the trade to the CP3 year to the first year uh, without CP3 to last year. Like This was a question mark of, okay, we know Shea's good. Is he a three? Is he a two? Could he possibly be a one? And what I have been saying since the bubble is that Shea can be a top fifteen NBA player. That Shea can reach these heights. And you know, the Ringer for whatever that's worth ranked him at twelve in terms of NBA players this year. And a lot of the media members that joined me on the podcast for the Book of Basketball series, you can look that up on iTunes or. A podcast, wherever else you get your podcast from, you can look at the book of basketball series, uh, the book of Thunder basketball, which was an ode to Bill Simmons' book of basketball. Uh, on that series, I had every media member out there on the podcast to talk about OKC, and we discussed Shea, we discussed his ceiling, we discussed um, kind of what this team looks like in Shay's image. And this year, he's taken that step. This year, he's shown you number one guy in the franchise potential. And what's so great for the Thunder is. He's a number one guy on and off the floor. In many different ways, so yeah, he's averaging thirty points a night, thirty one point six, I believe it is right now, and he is someone who is going to be able to mesh on the floor with anyone you put around him and make them better. And he's playing defense this year, and he and he's improved in every category this year. Um, ever, he's just amazing. He's going to be an all star this year. has a has a argument for all NBA this year. All that's great. Off the floor. He says all the right things about wanting to be here. He says he says all the right things about his pairing with Josh Giddey. He said, he says all the right things just in general. He also off the court is an icon. That we won't get that label on him nationally yet until he plays in these national TV games, until he plays in these playoff series. But once he does, once he gets exposed, to the more casual NBA fans, which gets exposed to the younger NBA fans that are only going to watch, you know, the, the Hallmark days. You know, you know, when you're young, you mostly watch Christmas and playoffs. There's very rare people that were as dorky as me that watched every single game as a child and didn't do anything else but watch sports. Like most kids go out there and have fun and watch cartoons and stuff. You can ask me about any, you know, kid show in my ear. I don't know about it because I was just watching the NBA, but not the case a lot of the times. And so, Whenever the Thunder start playing on Christmas and they start playing, you know, in these playoff series, and these this younger group sees his fashion, searches him up on Instagram and searches him up on social media and sees how he reacts and how he acts on there and how funny he is and nice he is and the, the, the fashion part of it, the shoe part of it, the interesting parts of his life, that's how you become transcendent. That's how you become a global brand as an organization. That's what that first wave of the Thunder had. This is what the Thunder are going to look forward to in Shea in the future as well. So on and off the floor, we've seen Shea can be your brand ambassador. He can also be your number one overall player in an organization that is going to be a very, very fun team to watch and a very, very good team that wins a lot of games. We've also seen that Poku has turned into a rotational player and he had his birthday today, turned 21, and Poku now looks like an NBA rotational piece. And we're going to talk about this either later this week or next week, but Poku's pairing with Chet Holmgren, and whenever Chet Holmgren returns, it doesn't take away from Poku, it adds to Poku. Like, Chet coming back to this team only helps Poku. He's not just some stand-in. He's not just some some understudy that's just playing a role that will eventually be filled by Chet. Like, them playing together and them staggering each other really helps this team. And so it's really good that he's turned into this rotational piece at 21. We've also learned that Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara has all-star potential. Like, this guy's good. He has the potential defensively with his length and his lateral quickness to be good defensively. I still believe in his three-point potential. I, I was talking to Andrew selected at the game on Friday. I think that it's a lot like Jeremiah robinson where, where I was preaching all last year until I was blue in the face. Like, this guy can shoot. I know, I know it's not going in. This guy can shoot, though. He can shoot. And I probably sounded ridiculous. But now this year you're seeing the shot fall. And so with J-Dub, I feel the same way. Like... He can shoot. It's not falling yet, but he can shoot. So maybe it takes a year or two or three to actually fall, but eventually I think that's going to fall. Then you can see him score at all three levels. Then you can see him have have the ball in and out of his hands offensively. And you're, you're placing a guy with his length and size and quickness in an organization that cares about defense. You're going to get the best version of him defensively out of him. And that turns him into an all-star level player. As we've seen with Shea, as we've seen with guys like Shea and we've seen with Mike Conley, you know, a couple of years ago, like you can play at an all-star level and just not be an all-star, like not be an all-star in the Midwinter Classic, but you're still an all-star level player. You know, Mike Conley was amazing on those Memphis teams. Didn't get his first all-star game until, you know, the the, the non-fan season where he made it over Shea. Shea was amazing last year. Didn't become an all-star. The year before, all-star worthy to become an all-star. This year, you'll be hard-pressed to make him not an all-star. He's going to be an all-star this year with Shea. But he's been playing at that level for a couple of seasons now. So when I say all-star potential, I don't mean he's literally going to be on the team. Because to get multiple all-stars, you're know, you going to need to be a really good team. And to get an all-star vote over Shea, impossible. You know, When the Thunder are good, it's going to be Shea as your automatic all-star. Then you also have to consider Chet Holmgren. And so even if Chet Holmgren and J-Dub are playing both at an extremely high level, just the perceived idea of Chet Holmgren and our perceived notion of him is going to elevate Chet Holmgren to where he's the second All-Star if the Thunder ever get good enough to have two All-Stars, which, which they will. You know, so it's going to be hard to get a third one, but he can still play at that level. Uh, I also think that we've learned that Darius you know, not part of the future plan. Like The way that they're using him, the way that he's in and out of the rotation, his contract situation, like it all just points to him not being part of the plan. We did a whole podcast on that earlier. Uh, this month, so go look that up. It's it's just a, it's even titled Basley, the writing's on the wall, so you can see that on YouTube or any other podcasting platform. We've also seen Josh Kitty make the adjustments to the adjustments in the NBA. And so understanding that your young player can make adjustments is a really good thing. Isaiah Joe, he's a shooter. And you can go back to the podcast that I that I did whenever they signed him. We we always saw these flashes in with a sixers, but he's playing on a really good team with good guys around him, and it's very limited sample size, like it's it's very limited. So it could have been small sample size. theater. Larger sample size, still a good shooter. Still has an NBA trait. The difficulty will be like, what else can he do? We've seen him cut a bit. Uh, you know, we've seen him shoot on and off the catch and off the dribble and everything else that we need to see shooting-wise. Can he stay on the floor defensively? Like, There's been a couple of games this year where the, the, the other team just hunted him down defensively and you had to take him out of the game and so you lose that shooting. But in general, Isaiah Joe has shown you he's a really good NBA player for rotation, like as, as a rotational piece. And I think that that'll be in Oklahoma City, and we'll see if that is or isn't. But in general, no matter if it's with the Thunder organization or in another organization, he'll be a rotational part of a team. And number seven, the last thing that we've learned, this team is stacking so much young talent together, they will win sooner than later. No one would have thought if you told them in October that after Christmas, the Thunder would be a game and a half out of the play-in without Chet Holmgren. So you add Chet Holmgren back, you add a 2023 first-round pick, you you also have salary cap and um, trade options, and, and salary cap, again, to the trades, the assets to go make a trade, you have all those options at your disposal to not only just add Chet Holmgren back next year, but to make a trade to, to fill out this roster. Either a blockbuster or just a tie-in trade that like, just ties the roster together and puts a bow on top of this young team. Plus internal, internal improvement, you know, and you see that this team... Will, will really be a winning one sooner than later. Like I, I would be shocked if this team isn't in the play-in next year, at least. And That's without seeing anything that they do in the offseason. That's, of course, barring health. That's, a, of course. But in general, this team can be a play-in team. What do you think down below on YouTube? Subscribe across all podcasting platforms and on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.